right. I don't know about you all, but <clears throat> I like hearing other people's testimonies um, because it, it goes to show you that even though we all have different types of struggles, that we're not you're not alone when you're going through the struggles, and that God is there with all of us. Um, and you never know who can actually be blessed by um, the word of your testimony. So I love being able to hear different people share different testimonies because it makes me it's a reminder to me that no matter what's going on, that God is going to be there, and that I'll be able to get get through that. You know, to giving testimony is just really explaining how God has gotten you through a situation and has made you victorious. But in order to be victorious, there's a couple of things that that need to happen. There's lots of things that need to happen, but we're going to look at two things today. One of those things that has to happen is you have to claim victory over the situation um, as soon as it comes out. Okay, so as soon as you get hit with whatever that challenge is going to be, you have to claim victory in the name of Jesus by speaking to the problem. And so we're going to look at a couple of um, familiar scriptures that we have been we have looked at before. So let's start in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Okay. So we're going to talk about how to be victorious today. And the first thing is being able to claim victory whenever that challenge comes up in your life. Okay. First Samuel chapter 17, we're going to start in verse 33. We all know the story here of, of David and Goliath. We're just going to look at a, a, a few verses here that that really speaks to speaking to the problem in order to be able to be um, victorious. Before verse 33, we're all familiar with the story, but um, before verse 33 there, um, Goliath was calling out some of the Israelites and saying, hey, who's worthy to fight me? Um, during this time, there was a, um, a principle, if you will, that's known as corporate solidarity. And what that means is that you've got one individual that stands and acts on behalf of many. And so this is why Goliath was going on behalf of the Philistine army to go then challenge the Israelite army waiting for one individual to come forward to do battle with him. And there's a reason why that that's important to understand that we're going to look at a little bit later as we go through these verses. But, the, but where verse 33 picks up is where David has told Saul, hey, I'll go out and I'll battle this Philistine. Okay, So 1 Samuel 17 verse 33. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him for you are a youth and he a man of war from his youth but David said to Saul your servant used to keep his father's sheep and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth and when it rose against me I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it your servant has both killed lion and bear and this uncircumcised circumcised Philistine will be like one of them seeing that he has defied the armies of God so when you're talking about speaking victory to a problem and claiming victory by speaking to it, one of the things you have to remember, though, is that God has brought you through things in the past. He's not going to leave you out there to fail in the future. So when that problem comes up again, you have to look back and look down at your belt and think, oh, I've got this many notches on here. God has brought me through each one of these. He's going to do it again. Okay. Um, also, you got to recognize that everything that you go in through life and I didn't have this this didn't really hit me probably until about a month or two ago is that everything that you go through in life everything that God allows you to experience is because he's preparing you for something in the future so every single challenge that you that you've gone through in your life is preparing you for something that's coming up maybe it's a month from now maybe it's a day from now maybe it's three years from now and then what what um, David is doing here is going back to Saul and saying hey time out for a minute don't you recognize that I killed that bear I killed that lion because he took one of my sheep 
I'm not worried about it because God's going to be with me in the same way that I took care of the lion and the bear. I'm going to take care of this Philistine. Okay. Now you think about the faith that David had here in claiming this victory. When you see a bear or a lion, if you're walking down the street and you see one walking right towards you, what are you going to do? You're going to go to the other side probably, right? Because dealing with a bear or a lion is a little bit different than dealing with a human. You can't exactly look at a bear in the face and figure out, hmm, is he hungry right now? Is he going to come after you? You don't quite know that, so you go to the other side. But now what he's talking about is now to a human, I'm going to deal with this human. And you know you can look at a human and kind of get an idea of what they're thinking and what they're feeling. So you've got to have that faith knowing that I'm getting ready to go up against this man of war since he was since he was little and I've got to look this problem in the eye and tell it that I'm going to win so he told Saul I'm not worried about it I'm going to be victorious but also what he's doing is he's not doing it because Goliath told him you're short I don't like you you're ugly later on the word talks about how David was was fair looking so he was he was good looking he didn't do that because Goliath insulted him he did it because Goliath was insulting God by going against the the, the, the uh, Israelite army okay so think about that when you're coming against the problem it's not about you it's about the fact that you're a child of God and somebody coming against you or a problem coming against you is going against God so you've got to make sure that you go through God and say God is going to deliver me from this situation not me and of myself but God is going to do that for me okay also think about um, anyone that you talk to family members friends doctors boss um, as soon as they say to you hey you're not going to be successful with that you look them square in the eye and tell them yes I will and if you feel as bold and say God is going to be with me and that's why I'm going to succeed you don't have to accept anyone or any circumstance telling you that you're not going to succeed you get a bill in the mail and you call them up and you try to work something out and they tell you no sorry we can't do that payment is due by tomorrow and you don't have it no you tell them God has other plans and God will make a way for me to be able to get through this situation you don't have to accept that negativity okay um, this is verse 36 again your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them seeing he has defied the armies of the living God moreover David said the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine and Saul said to David go and the Lord be with you okay so again we see David in there telling Saul claiming victory to Saul who didn't believe and telling him that he's going to be victorious over the situation because God is going to allow him to be victorious I want to jump down now to verse 44 um, the preceding verses between here um, is just when David tried on Saul's armor and it didn't work so he went down and took a, a staff and five smooth stones and we know the staff is representative of Jesus as he's called the staff of life and then he took five smooth stones with him and put them into his pouch so verse 44 here is when David now finally comes face to face with Goliath okay so 1 Samuel 17 verse 44 and the Philistine said to David come to me and I will give you a flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field now David was human okay which means that he felt every single emotion that we feel so we know that he felt sadness he felt happiness he felt fear and we know later on as David became king um, as people were seeking to take his life he fled out of fear so we know that he felt fear I would imagine and the, and the word doesn't get into this but I would imagine that as someone that walks out and then sees this big giant guy with 150 pounds plus of armor standing nine feet there and saying hey come here so I can kill you and then feed the birds of the air and the beasts in the field I would imagine 
imagine that he had some initial shock as to, okay, this problem is a little bit bigger than maybe what I thought it was, right? Okay, and we've, we've, we've all had that situation when you get a first hint of bad news and then as you start digging into the problem, you find out, wow, this rabbit hole goes a lot deeper than I actually initially thought. And then you start having a little bit of doubt and a little bit of fear. But look in verse 45 where David says immediately to Goliath. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, underline this day, the Lord will, underline the Lord will, deliver you into my hand, and I will, um, underline I will, strike you and take your head from you. And this day, underline this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not say with sword and spear, but underline this, for the battle is the Lord's, and he, and he will give you into our hands. Okay? So you see right there, David gets confronted with this problem. He says, wow, okay. At that point, it probably kind of started to set in that not only am I facing this guy that's about five feet taller than me, four feet taller than me. And you, you do some digging, and David was about 5'2", five, 5'3", five, so he's pretty pretty small. You go and you see, oh, wow, you're four feet bigger than me. And they've got all these armies that are lined up behind him. He didn't allow fear to sink in and then say, yeah, you know what, about that... Um, I was just kidding. Let me go back and get somebody else. He, no, he didn't, he didn't do that. He sat there and he said, look, let me tell you something, okay? You defied the armies of the living God. I'm here. I'm going to act on this. And God is going to deliver me, deliver you into my hands. And actually, I'm going to give your body to the birds of the air and the, and the beasts in the field, okay? So when you're speaking to the problem, not only if it's somebody or a situation when you're praying quietly behind the scenes, which is pretty easy to have faith when you're behind the scenes, but once you actually confront that problem, Problem, that's when your faith gets tested and you have to have more faith and you speak to that problem in the name of Jesus and you tell it I will be victorious because God will allow me to be victorious in this situation okay so picking it up in uh, let's do verse 47 again then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not see with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands so it was then it was so it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried underline David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. It's so easy to wake up in the morning and think, oh man, I've got to deal with this person at work. Oh man, I've got to go to this doctor's appointment. Oh man, I've got this problem that's, that, that's facing me right now. I'm just going to roll back over. I'm going to call in sick or I'm not going to deal with it. I'm going to stick my head in the sand like an ostrich and think that if I don't look at it, that it won't see me. It's so easy to roll over and go back to sleep, right? But look what David did. He didn't waste any time. He said, okay, I told you the Lord's going to deliver me out of, out, of, out of this situation, so now it's time for me to take action and I'm going to run towards it. There was no hesitation whatsoever. When you confront that problem, if you're going to speak victory over it and then you're going to act on it, act in, in, in a hurry, okay? Don't sit around and wait. Now, obviously, if God's telling you, hey, wait, because I've got to do something, that's a different story. But don't be afraid to confront that problem. You've got to take that problem head on, and if you really, really believe that God is going to deliver you, then, then there's no no reason for you to roll over back in bed and pull the covers over your head and think that the problem is going to go away because it won't okay um so verse 49 then david put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the philistine in his forehead so the stone sank into his forehead and he fell to and he fell on his face to the earth 
So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. So if you think God isn't real, okay, how in the world does a small stone take out somebody that's nine feet tall? Stone, your figure would probably be about that big. If you understand their armor and how they had their armor laid out, that part of the forehead was really the only spot that was vulnerable to Goliath at that time. So, how do you put a stone in a sling, which means you don't really have any control over it trying to throw it, and you actually throw it and with pinpoint accuracy hit somebody this big in the head and knock them down? Okay, so if you think God's not real, well, look at that right there. Because you, I, I would bet that most people can't even do that with their hand. Okay, To hit a target that small with a stone in a sling, that tells you right there that God had his hand on David and that he guided that stone right to, to strike Goliath in the head. Verse 51, Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut his head off. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, who saw that their champion was dead, they fled. So the reason why that corporate solidarity piece is important is because sometimes you may be playing the role of David in situations in your life. And what I mean by that is you may be the only one in the group that's going through a situation that has to have enough faith for everybody in the group and be able to act on that because what you do could impact everybody else that's in that group. If you're head of the household, husbands, that's why you got to be careful about the decisions you make because it's going to impact your family. Obviously, if you're a single mom, same exact thing. You have to be careful because that's going to impact your family. We see it in our government here in the U.S. You see it in nations across the, the world. You have the one person that's the head of the entire nation. Every single decision that they make impacts the people of that nation. So you may find yourself in a situation where you're the only one that has faith. You're the only one that's the believer. Do not allow all of those other non-believers to be like Saul and tell you that oh my gosh it's, it's too late don't be like the doctor saying oh you better get here in a hurry because th this is it or the doctor's telling you you only have this decision that you can make it's either choice A or choice B you might have to be the one that has to have the faith and say no Dr. Jesus said I have choice C and that's how I'm going to go proceed throughout the rest of the, uh, around the rest of this problem I'm going to go with choice C and that is what Jesus is telling me to do okay so if things if you don't come across an issue, right, you, you have a decision that you make in life, and you're going to go along that decision until a barrier comes in place, a problem comes in place. Don't allow that problem to alter what God is telling you to do. If God is telling you to go here, and an obstacle comes in your way, don't stop and say, okay, well, I guess I can't do that anymore. I'm going to go back, and I'm going to go do something else. No, you proceed as the direction that God has given you, because that could be the test of faith that God has given you. Okay. Um, the other thing is this. We all want God's will to happen in our lives. All right? Do not allow that to ruin your faith. And what I mean by that is don't just pray and say, all right, Lord, let your will be done. And that's it. Because God's will could be, and we know what the word says, God wants you to ask him. Okay, So his will is for you to ask him, Lord, this is what I want to happen. You know what's going on. Take care of this situation. This is what I want to get to. Don't get in this mode of, well, I'm not sure what God's will is, so I'm just going to let God's will be done and then take the, um, an unbelief type of approach, if that makes sense. Okay? Don't allow that to happen. Say, Lord, this is what I want to happen. You know the situation. I don't know how to get out of it. I'm going to give it to you. 
I know you're going to handle it and I'm going to proceed as if you've already handled this until I see that physical manifestation that shows the problem has been resolved okay so I don't care um, if the doctor says to you this is what you're going to have to do because we found this problem this problem this problem and this problem you tell that doctor very respectfully I appreciate your role you know and I appreciate your expertise but the plan was when this all happened for God wanted me to go in this direction and you could come up with all these bad news and all these tests etc etc I'm still going in this direction and this is the decision that I'm going to make because God is much more powerful than, than science okay God created science and he can use science for his for his glory okay so first thing to be able to claim victories you've got to be able to speak to that problem and claim victory by speaking to it in the name of Jesus and then making sure you're continually walking on in that direction all right the next thing that we're going to look at the last thing that we're going to look at is having faith by and walking in victory so already walking in the in the sense that I believe that I've already have the victory and I'm still waiting for it to come but I know that victory for me means going this way not this way so I'm going to continue to walk in that direction until that victory is manifest so let's go look at Genesis chapter 22 chapter 22 and we're just going to start in verse 1 familiar with um, with Abraham and, and, and his walk with the Lord um, and we know that he's had his faith faith tested quite a bit um, up and through this point but he had also a close relationship with God and at one point um, <clears throat> he interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah asking God hey if you find anybody in there that's worthy can you save them and through that we know Lot and his family were saved Lot's wife obviously turned around and looked at back at the city as it was being destroyed turned into a pillar of salt so she didn't make it but that's the kind of relationship that Abraham was able to have with God so chapter uh, Genesis chapter 22 verse 1 okay um, and think about as, as we're reading this I want you to really visualize in your mind if you were in this situation so if you were Abraham and Isaac in this case is a very close loved one um, husband wife boyfriend girlfriend fiance if you don't have any one of those then a dog or a hamster or something like that think about someone that you could that you care very deeply about and put yourself in this situation and see could you do here what Abraham is being asked to do Genesis 22 verse 1 now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him Abraham and he said here I am then he said take now your son your only son Isaac whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you so Abraham rose early in the morning underline he rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of of which God had told him so you see in the beginning of verse 3 there again he rose early in the morning he didn't wait till the afternoon he didn't just kind of roll out of bed like a sloth saying oh my gosh I gotta go do this he rose early to show that there is no delay God is telling me to do something I'm going to go do it okay verse 4 
Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. As we're talking walking in the direction of victory, even though problems come about, this was a long journey. Okay, So it's not like he just got up and walked half a mile to get to the place where he needed to sacrifice Isaac. It took them, it says the third day. So two days they were out there walking. Abraham could have easily said, hey, you know what, guys? I just realized something. I didn't bring a sacrifice with me. So let's go back to the camp, and I'm going to go grab a sacrifice, grab a lamb, and we're going to take it with me. No, he was walking in faith because he knew, and we'll see a little bit later here, he knew that God was going to provide the sacrifice for them. Okay? Verse uh, verse 4, again. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the, don- with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the, wood, the fire and the wood, but where is the, where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Verse 8, And Abraham said, My son, underline this, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So, so the two of them went together. So you can imagine Isaac sitting there and looking at his father and saying, Yeah, so we've got fire, check. We've got a knife, check. We've got wood, check. There's a little problem here. We don't have anything to actually burn. So he's probably thinking in his mind, what, what, what's going on here? Abraham could have easily told him, oh, yeah, that's right. We're going to go find a, an animal or something like that. Oh, hey, you know what? I, I forgot about that. So, yeah, let's go ahead and, and go back there. But, no, what he said was God will provide for himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So, again, he's walking in the direction knowing that God is going to provide. He's already walking in victory. And now it's just a, a matter of waiting for that manifestation physically for what God is going to do. Verse 9, Then they came to the place of which God had told them, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay a hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Underline that. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. We live in a society today where we want instant gratification, instant resolution to every single thing. And many times when we're faced with problems, we always want to put a deadline on God. All right, Lord, I just came to you with this problem. Uh, You're God Almighty, and I know that you can do this, like, right now. So as soon as I say amen, resolve the problem. And then when it doesn't get resolved, then we start losing that faith, right? Abraham was walking with them for two days and didn't lose that faith. He kept walking and walking and walking, knowing that even though... Hey, this deadline is getting kind of short. Lord, what's going on here? And now I'm wrapping my son up and I'm getting... Hey, Lord, what's going on here? Even though that deadline was getting short, he still walked as knowing that God is going to provide. So what I say to you today is, if you get a bad piece of information in the mail or talking to a family member or at a doctor's appointment and they're telling you, hey, time is running short and there's this worldly deadline to resolve the problem, 
You just walk in faith knowing that God will come on time. And he always does. He did it in this case with Isaac. He did it with Noah. He did it with David. He's done it with us. We've heard it just in, in testimony early. God is always there when you need him. He might not be there when you want him, which is usually, hey, right now, Lord, I need you right now. But he's always there right on time when, when it's needed. So as you go forth and you're experiencing, if you're in the middle of, of issues right now or middle of a big challenge or you experience a new challenge right now, just know that God is going to resolve it. And that everything that you do between the time that problem comes arises to the time that it actually gets resolved, if you waver in your faith at, at all within that, it could have negative consequences to you. So keep the faith, speak victory over whatever that situation is, and walk in victory until God finally delivers that vic- that, that, that solution to you. I don't care what it is. I, 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 I can't stress enough how I know in my life I have seen over many years God coming through right at the moment okay and when we look at David earlier when he was talking to Saul and saying hey remember God brought me I, I experienced this and God brought me through this and he brought me through this if you think about that for one second you think about how God has always brought you through why in the world do you think he won't bring you through again and if you look back on any of those challenges I would challenge you to say did you did he come through when you wanted him to or did he come through when you needed him to chances are he came through when you needed him to which means that he will come through when you need him to in the future it's not going to be right when you say amen there's other things that have to happen and God knows everything is happening around the world there's other things that have to happen and then he's going to come through for you so he always will be on time and don't forget that so if you want to have victory in your life claim victory by speaking to the problem and claiming victory over it verbally and then walk in victory and don't alter your direction no matter what kind of challenges come about amen with that, I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Cobb for the next part of this message.